Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1989's The Karate Kid Part 3, directed by John G. Alvidson and starring Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I went to see uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Boom. Yes. Um, I'd read the book uh, beforehand and like... It's it's very different from the book because the yeah. book is like just you know it's it's true it's nonfiction the movie has to sort of create a narrative um, but it is an important film everybody and we all need to see it um, probably see it more than once because it's like what Martin Scorsese is focusing on in his uh, later years is like evil in America you know yeah. and I'm I'm I really admire his choices um, I really admire the film. And uh, yeah, it's it's a, it was a great great yeah. movie. Yeah, cool. I watched. You can't call it a great great movie, Dave. I watched a movie called Sixty Five. It came out uh, earlier this year or last year or something. Okay. You might after I describe it, you might remember the trailer. But Adam Driver crash lands on Earth sixty five million years ago. Oh, that movie. And he must get himself to the escape ship before the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs hits the planet. That's right. Let that sink in a bit. Yeah, it's that's it's, the that's a movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> it. I love the conceit of this movie. <laughs> right. Um, I'll I'll applaud the just the balls to make a movie about this. Yeah, that's original. But it's 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 something I probably invented in fourth grade at one point, and, <laughs> and yeah. probably actually drew pictures of it. Yeah, it's not a good film, everybody. Um, <laughs> It's a by-the-numbers, like, sci-fi survival adventure film, and um, there's another survivor on it, and it's a little girl, and so, like, there's a father-daughter relationship. They don't speak the same language, so they have trouble communicating, but he's trying to get them off the planet, and, you know, she doesn't understand him, so she gets into dangerous situations, but then when it's convenient for the script, she understands what he's yelling at her okay. as a T-Rex is about to attack, you know? Yeah. So, um... They do something interesting with that at one point, but it still really isn't anything that makes it a great movie or anything. But um, I, I think it's it's a failure of a film, definitely. Yeah. It, it, it could have been something great. It's very high concept. And I love original sci-fi ideas, but this just was not it. Well, it, it's weird because I, I remember seeing the trailer when I went to the theater, and I haven't thought of it since until <laughs> just now. So I, I, Exactly, you know, right? That, that's, that's really something. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about... A movie called The Karate Kid Part 3, Dave. Okay. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Yes. Uh, this film is, of course, the final installment of the original Karate Kid trilogy from the 1980s. And it finds Daniel and Mr. Miyagi returning from Okinawa and making a new enemy from the ashes of an old one. Um, John Kreese's benefactor in Cobra Kai is the billionaire Terry Silver, who was in Kreese's outfit in Vietnam. And since Daniel's All-Valley victory, Kreese is now on hard times, and after Silver learns what's become of Kreese's life, he sets in motion a revenge plot to torture Daniel and give Kreese his life back. Um, it's a film that has its problems, and we're going to try and sort through it with you. <laughs> that was an excellent description of oh, this film, Dave. Thank you, yes. Much more than it deserves, actually. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, listeners out there, you know we love the Karate Kid, yeah. so here we go. Uh, it's the final one in the original trilogy that we just love. You yes. know, we eat up this trilogy. Um, yeah, but it kicks off right after the events of part two, but not after a recap of part one. 
I mean, not many franchises yeah. get away with recycling this much footage from the previous films it's in the Albertson, series. Man, he does it in everything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He does. <laughs> um, it's it's something he just enjoys, and like, like, it's amazing though because it it goes like beat for beat. I mean, like it it focuses. It shows you the whole last match between Johnny and Daniel. Yeah. And then it shows you the aftermath in the parking lot that was originally going to be the ending of part one, yeah. but was then made into <laughs> the beginning of part two. Right. Um, and they just, they, it's kind of an abbreviated version, but it's not that abbreviated. I mean, you're there right. for 10 minutes watching it footage from the previous movies. Ever. Like, and they, they show the scene when Daniel originally walks into the dojo and sees everyone training from yeah. part one. Yeah. And as soon as Kreese tells everyone to get up off the ground, they jump up and then he says, uh, rise up or something i don't know and then like it hits you hard yeah yeah it, it hits you something I'll, I'll give you that yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah i mean like it, okay. it kind of smacks you i mean <laughs> you're like what is i know all this just get to the movie and that's the problem is that like it, it's it would be one thing if you knew all of it and it was a regular movie but like it's a it's a movie series and yeah. anybody who's going to the theater to see karate kid part three is very familiar with part one and two yes they are um yeah and I, I'm, I'm always amazed, and I think that probably it might be Avildsen, it might also be just the studio who asked him to do it, because like a lot of times when you have something that's familiar to, has a, a cult following, yeah. the studio will ask you to lampshade it for people, because they, they really do think that that like someone's going to come in and not having seen the, the, the previous two films and go, well, I don't get this, what's going on? You and know what? They want to make the movie yeah. for that person. Yeah. I know how you feel about it. It's the same way I feel about it. Yeah. That's on them. I totally agree. I mean, we don't have to spoon feed them the first film. And they're not going to go. And if if they, if they do go then, and they do say that, well, that you're right. It's on them. Then you bought the wrong ticket. Exactly. (laughs) What kind of person walks into like part three of a trilogy when they haven't seen the first two films? An idiot. I'm an absolute moron. Daniel might. He might. (laughs) Is he dumb enough to do it? You're right. Yes. Yeah, he might take Robin Lively to see like, oh my Back God. to the Future 3, but he hasn't seen the other ones, you know? <laughs> You're right. Daniel LaRusso <laughs> is this dense. <laughs> but yeah, they spend the first 10 minutes recapping this crap. <laughs> and like it ends with Miyagi humiliating Crease, you know? And then all of a sudden, um, it shows Crease like walking down the street and like he's all disheveled and like his <laughs> life is ruined. Right. Because right. Miyagi let him live. It's what did you say? Miyagi says living's even a worse punishment than death yes. for people like that. Yes. Um it, it's it's him humiliating Miyagi humiliating Crease in the parking lot is a fate worse than death, according to Mr. Miyagi. And apparently John Crease <laughs> feels the same way. God you know what my biggest problem with this movie is? I'm just going to come out right now and say it. Yeah. The stakes are so high and they're bullshit and mean nothing. <laughs> yes. Like, they they pretend like Cobra Kai opening a new dojo is the end of the universe. And there's also the, the whole <laughs> business of, obviously, you know, Daniel signing the contract to fight at the yeah. All Valley. Yeah. As if it's a legally binding document. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> this fucking permission slip <laughs> for a karate tournament. Right. You're going on your field trip, Daniel. I mean, like, dude. What? It's such... Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, th- <laughs> that's my big beef with the film. It's just the stakes are bogus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they play it up so hard. And they, they try to... I don't know what they're if they're trying to elicit sympathy for Kreese in the beginning of the movie. Like, because he, he is a pathetic figure. He is. You know? 
Yeah. Um, and you look at just even to the details of like his Reeboks are all kind of like uh, dingy. Like when they're when, dirty. Yes. Yeah. Like he bends down to get his mail that he hasn't been collecting. It's been piling up. All these there bills on the slot. are piling up. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a, a an answering machine message from Pat Johnson. You know, telling him that uh, you know, yeah, the Cobra Kai hasn't uh, you know like paid their dues yet, so we're gonna like d- d- cut them off we, from we the All Valley. We gotta drop you from the tournament. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, and and, and you know, like I, I, honestly, anyone watching it, yeah, you're gonna feel sympathy for him because he's a fellow human being. Yeah. But then you remember all the shit he did, right? And Even if you do get sympathy here for him, yeah. you lose it pretty quick. Exactly. And yeah, there's that because of, um, yeah, what happens later. Um, but like, you know, he then goes to um, <laughs> this goes compound. to like the, an Aztec temple. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> th- this house from freaking Blade Runner. I, I mean, like it's. It's really like yeah, it's yeah, this massive exactly. castle in the in the Hollywood Hills. There's smoke billowing out of it at all times. I mean, like well, it's, it's a probably, major compound. It's, it's it's probably toxic waste burning. It, it probably as is. We that, come to that, find that's out. That's true because that's what that's Terry Silver's business. But yeah, it, it's got this like Mesoamerican like yeah wall walls. Like it's just made of Aztec. He probably like took a temple from Mexico and yes. transplanted <laughs> it into his mansion. I know, I know. They, he I, would do that. Oh, he definitely would. <laughs> yeah, he he would he would definitely raid an archaeological site. And we're talking about Terry Silver, everybody. He's the new villain of the film. Yes. Uh, uh, played by um, Thomas Ian uh, Griffiths. Griffith. I always mess up his name, dude. Um, do you get him confused with Henry Rowan Gardner? I guess. I yeah. don't know. I just get his name mixed up all the time. But um, apparently, this is his first movie. The credits um, say and introducing, introducing Thomas Ian Griffith. Thomas Ian Griffith. Yeah, yeah. I, it's surprising that this is his first film. I mean, you know, okay, got it. I mean, because he because he played Rock Hudson in a TV movie the same year. Yeah, so it must have come out after this. I guess so. But um, he he is like just chewing it up on, yeah. in this movie. He <laughs> yes. is like an over the top cartoon villain. Oh yeah. And he does a great job with it, though. He he's, his performance is pretty awesome. He's my favorite part of the movie. You yeah, know, like like easily. Yeah, um, his... and it's the dumbest part of the movie. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> and and I think he knows it, and I think that's what yeah. makes it great. Yeah. Um. He his his performance is over the top, but it's like calls for it because Terry Silver is a is a larger than life figure. He is. Um. He's a a, a billionaire toxic waste dumper, <laughs> who. He, according to him, every time he does a deal, he gets indicted and he like has the attorney general over for yeah. to like buy him off and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, and we see him in the, the fortress there. Uh, he takes meetings in in bubble baths. Yeah, he's in a hot tub. Right. Chomping a cigar. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the time he's working out with like these, like his hired goons uh, do sort of like spar with him. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's. I, they're wearing padding and he's not and he's just you know like absolutely yeah. housing everybody is <laughs> and he's a great martial artist he's Thomas incredibly Ian good dude yeah. um so yeah he's on full display in this film like right everyone else doing karate in this it's a lot of cuts i mean dude yeah exactly <laughs> he's the one with the goods yeah you know I mean, mike barnes uh has got it too yeah, like the bad guy's got it <laughs> i know the cobras are really they, they've really got a lot daniel's going not him. as flexible as I mean, he used to be now that he's 46 years old <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, he looks so much older than this movie takes place right after the second movie, which takes place right after the first movie. This yeah. whole trilogy takes place within a year. Yeah. And he looks like he's aged 20 years. Well, I mean, he's 20, Not 20 he's I'm 27, but yeah, 
playing a guy who's 18. He looks 27. He does. He doesn't look 18 anymore. And apparently Thomas Ian Griffith was also 27 <laughs> when they made this movie. Really? He's actually ca- on calendar. He's four months younger than Ralph Macchio. That's awesome. I mean, like this and guy he's playing a guy twice his age. He's playing a, a guy who was in Vietnam. Yeah. Like, I, and I mean, I, I, it's amazing that like people play older sometimes. It does happen, but like, not like this. I mean, he, he's playing him and Kreese are supposed to be the same age. I can't. I mean, I believed it. Yeah, I, I bought did it too. You believe no, it, or I, I, I do you look like, he, hey, he's a little too young for that? No. Uh, the first time I saw it, I totally bought it. But once yeah. I once I found out like that he's twenty seven, I was like, it's it's not a big deal. It's just kind of a funny detail. Yeah, that, that, a, like this guy is supposed to be it's a an Vietnam amusing veteran. casting thing. It is you know? exactly <laughs> that this guy who was seven years old when the war broke out is considered a veteran. So Kreese goes to his compound for some reason. <laughs> Basically, just to say, hey, here's the keys to the dojo you helped me get. It's we're ruined. Yeah, because you know? we don't know why he's there. He just asked for yeah. the boss when he gets there. Hey, where's the boss? Right, and like we overhear him talking on the phone about some toxic waste. You know, <laughs> and it's just like briefly mentioned. You know, just casually. You can't dump nuclear waste anymore. Yeah, like this is what kind of world are we living in? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you find out later his company is called Dynatox Industries. I mean, it's it's Cox is in the name. Like. There, there is, there are people who dump toxic waste, and and there are there are you know obviously profiteers of that kind of yes. thing. They don't put it in the title of their company. Right, your company, oh. it's called something else. Yes, you know, and <laughs> I, I I guess I kind of like admire the movie for for deciding. Okay, you know what, rich people suck, and um and the, especially the ones who do this kind of stuff who are like eco, uh not not eco terrorists. That's something different. Yeah. Whatever that whatever this person is who who like wants to destroy the environment for yeah. profit. Yeah. His company is called Dinotox. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. And like, so he convinces Kreese, hey, you know, you just got knocked down. You got to get back up, right? And right. I'm going to help you because how many times did you save my ass in Vietnam? Kreese, Too many to count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. These scenes are so poorly written. <laughs> um, I mean, well, let's just get into it now yeah. then because um, I, I got to say that like this movie, if it didn't have all these beloved characters that we know... It would just be a really boring film. It would be unwatchable. I know. Because some yeah. of the scenes, like, like the, the scenes with Kreese and Terry Silver are very badly written, but they're badly written in, like, an action movie context. Right, yeah. You know, and, and it's it's kind of like the, the bad writing that I can take that I find palatable. Yeah. Um, I like when they, when they you know, like, dap each other up and say, Cobra Kai never dies. That's kind of funny. Yep, yep. Um, but, like, the, the, the bad writing that comes later between or the scenes between Daniel and Jessica. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's, it's depressing, you know, they're not that great. No. Um, some of their dialogue feels like saved by the bell. Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> they it, look like saved by the bell. It yeah. does. Yeah. And it, and it's not their fault. It's Robert Mark Kamen's fault for, for writing this screenplay. Yeah. I mean, for writing this dialogue in these scenes and, um, I think the reason I dislike it so much is because the other characters seem to exist in like a totally different world. It is. It's weird. You know, um, and the you good mentioned... guys and bad guys are from different universes. I know. And you mentioned the stakes earlier. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, obviously, apart from just like the Cobra Kai dojo, like, you know, the, the chain taking off. Uh-huh. Um, Mike Barnes at one point physically assaults Jessica. Yeah. And threatens her with gang rape. Yeah. In this PG rated movie. Yeah. Uh, that is essentially for children. I, I had to make a note of this. I was like, wow. Yeah. 
Wow. I mean, this is what we're talking about. And and we just got done with, with the these 80s. scenes that, that are yeah. like really chased, um, you know, back and forth between a, a guy and a girl, like yeah. meet teenagers meeting on a date. Yeah, they're platonic. They're, they like even spell it out at the beginning. Hey, she says, I got a boyfriend already, but we can be friends, you know. So. Which is odd because when they first meet, okay. um, yeah, it, it's not like that. Um, right. It's and, like she's really interested. I mean, she she full on like makes moves on him to, you know, like like get him. Her boyfriend's head is ripped off the picture and she says something about it and says he sucks. And she keeps pressing Daniel about getting a date. I know. And then he comes over for the date that night. Right. And she says, hey, sorry, I wasn't honest with you. Um, He is my boyfriend again. Uh-huh. We're giving it another shot. Um, I found out why this scene exists. Okay. It's because of production problems. Okay. And it's Ralph Macchio's fault. Really? What'd he do? He was married at the time, and he did not want his wife to get jealous. So he asked them to rewrite the script so that they would be platonic friends. What? Yeah. And no. They, and they had already shot the, no. the, the meat scene, and they decided to like keep it in, like her being really no. coming no. on real why strong. They... I know. I know. Dave, you just pissed me off. Dude, I'm sorry, dude. Exactly. This I is, know. This it is sucks. the worst. It is. It is. It's totally on Ralph Macchio. It makes so much sense. This movie is a mess. I know. Right. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, how how do you the one of the hallmarks obviously of Karate Kid is that like he always has a love interest, I guess, but like and I'm not saying you need one, but to like yeah. have it be where like he's an actor in the movies. Yeah, and you have sometimes romantic partners in movies, and I'm sure his wife understands that. Um, I would hope so. But like, you know, okay, <laughs> dude, and and it's not it's not going to be you know anything disgusting or or distasteful. Right, You're, it's Karate it's Kid, the karate three, kid. You know? exactly. Last <laughs> Tango and Reseda. <laughs> there it is. That's it. <laughs> Last wow. Tango in L.A. would be a good title, though. I, that I would like, be a good it, one. It is a good title, but yeah. I think Last Tango in Reseda <laughs> is very niche. Yes, and, that, and, yeah, yeah, that really, that really identifies what we're watching. Exactly, here. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, that's insane. I can't yeah. believe that. Uh-huh. But um, and it's so jarring because like when when Robin Lively comes to the door that set that that night when yeah. they're going on the date and she just like full on just drops it like oh listen that guy from the picture he's now my boyfriend again and we're gonna give it another shot it's like four hours later in I know. movie time exactly like, they, they he went home changed and came back and and you really can't <laughs> exactly I know and she's like I talked to him on the phone and we're giving it another shot and am I really that ugly Ralph <laughs> you don't want to kiss me I Ralph know. I know I know. I'm Robin Lively, goddammit. I'm Teen Witch. Yeah. You know? Oh, and that was the other thing, too. Apparently, he also had issues with, like, she said it was hard to work with him because because he's 27 years old in real life, and okay. she was 16. Um, like, Oh. It, uh, that was another part That's of another it. issue. Exactly. So he thought it was, like, wrong or whatever to, like, pursue this, even on screen, even though he's playing an 18-year-old, that it was bad or whatever, but it's like... Look, there, there could have been things you could have done. I can get more on that side of things. Yes, of course. You know, she's 16. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't yeah, get a, a kiss, but you can still act like you're dating. Of course. You know? Yeah, you could hold hands and, and you yeah. know, it, it could be like, maybe some, maybe it doesn't all, um, have it be to where she actually is going back to Ohio at some point. She does. She says, I'm going to move, but we can still try and have this date, you know? Yeah, Instead right. of this kind of like toothless we're, we're, we're now friends and eating macaroni and cheese together. Um, yes. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it does not. <laughs> um, we're jumping all over this movie because it the movie is 
it deserves it. It deserves, it deserves it. Exactly. So, there, there's no reason to like yeah. go whole. And I mean, obviously, just like other things we've done, um, if you download a podcast called Karate Kid Part Three, <laughs> there's a good chance that we don't we don't need to hold your hand through this plot. You, you've seen it a million times. Yeah, we're just friends. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. We have a platonic friendship with you, and please enjoy yourself, dude. Uh, <laughs> and we haven't even met. Daniel or Miyagi yet in this movie, except for the ten minutes of flashbacks. Well, right? that's the that's the thing, yeah. dude. It's like when we see them leaving the airport when when Crease dropped <laughs> when, when Crease is dropped off by Terry Silver at the airport to go to Tahiti to I find mean, himself to get refreshed. For all of Terry Silver's misdeeds, he is one hell of a great friend. He is, you know, he's someone you want in your corner. Holy crap! I mean, he's like as loyal as you can be. He not only helps you get back on your feet, he whisks you away on a first class vacation to the South Pacific, all <laughs> expenses paid. Right. I, holy shit. Yeah. He, uh, Andy's going to dedicate his life henceforth oh to God. revenge for you. Uh, with all of his resources. Like, like yeah. just ash- all the power funds. of Dynatox industry exactly. is behind yes. him. Yes. He tells his secretary, like, hold all my appointments for the next six months. This is my thing. I'm not going to worry about toxic waste. My <laughs> all, all my billionaire business is, at, is away. Yes. And they have three car, like beater cars for him to choose from <laughs> to, amazing, for his, dude. for his like undercover persona. That's so good. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? And then there's the Rolls Royce is like right there at the end. Yes. You know, his normal ride. And I love, <laughs> I love what he's wearing on his evening out. He's got like, he's got like black tie and everything. Um, and he's got a watch fob. Yeah. And his ponytail is, is in a really nice white bow. Like, it's the nicest greasy ponytail I've ever seen. I mean, this is where it kind of starts as yeah. far as like, cause I think we talked about it on the time cop episode. Like, <laughs> like when you see henchmen who look like this in late eighties, early nineties, yeah. it almost looks like the hair is painful. Like, cause it's, it's right. tied so it's, tight. It's all t- really taut. Exactly. You know? This, I had this exact hairdo at <laughs> no, one point. Yes, I did. Way later than I should have. Like, like it was. I believe that far after the, the <laughs> it was out of fashion. I stopped. I somehow had it. Was it still the '90s when you got rid of it? Yes. Okay. Good. Um. All right. Yes. And, and I had that much, you know. Okay. Sense. Yeah. But like, you're like, there's a new millennium coming. I need to get rid of this thing. <laughs> But yeah, I had the, the, a, a greasy, slicked back hair into a ponytail. And that's okay. I'm not going to say that it wasn't because of Terry Silver, because <laughs> I really admired this guy's look. I thought he looked great. Um, yeah, this guy's, he's hes a good looking dude. Yeah. He's charismatic as all get out, right. even though he's a bad guy, you know. But, he's six foot five. Yeah. And like just. A karate master. I like, know. this I Yeah, this is who you would want to be. Absolutely. He's great looking. <laughs> a billionaire. <laughs> Yes. A master manipulator. I mean, yeah, all, all, all the <laughs> Maybe money. You, you don't can... want that one. Yeah, exactly. I, I probably, man, I hate to say that I would want to be a billionaire, but I, I would definitely do good in the world if I were. I wouldn't do like Terry you Silver. You would clean up toxic waste. It, there it is. There you exactly. Go. I'd make sure to like, you know, take out all the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he does pick the Ford Courier, um, <laughs> like this, this beat up truck. <laughs> and, um, you know, he gets into his Rolls Royce in the limousine. His, his chauffeur is taking him for his evening out and he gets out like his secretary, Margaret had given him this manila envelope with karate magazines. Yeah. In it. Right. And one of them features, um, like a, a karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes, Mike Barnes. Yes. Played by, played by Sean Canaan, I guess. I'd, I'd say Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's a soap opera actor. Um, who like he's got this one and he's been in a ton of soap operas. He's okay. probably got a lot of money. I bet um, you know, but uh, he's got that and fifty percent of Cobra Kai. 
actually he doesn't right because he didn't win the he match didn't win the match so he doesn't spoiler for the end of exactly. karate kid part three yes the deal was <laughs> like because he he uh, like Terry Silver sees the ad in this karate magazine and decides he needs to like you know retain the services of karate's bad yeah he's got him on a retainer yes uh it's part of his plan (laughs) and so like mike barnes shows up to you know (laughs) like to this This tub. yes and and he takes this meeting and he he offers him uh that if if he if he does this this thing in which he needs to like the whole plan is he's going to fight daniel larusso in the tournament um and uh if he wins he gets 25% of Cobra Kai dojos. He's going to open dojos across the country. Yeah. And like this chain is going to be huge. And Mike Barnes will be a quarter owner of it. Mm-hmm. And Mike is going to take this deal, but he wants half. Yep. And Terry Silver acquiesces because he, he likes Mike's attitude. Yep, he does. And uh, his job is also to humiliate Daniel and ruin his life. Right. Not alone. Not just win. Right. He's, he's got to humiliate him. And he's got the help of two goons with him, Snake and Dennis. Uh, Snake is played by Jonathan Alvidson. Yeah. Which is the director's son. Pretty damn gross. Yeah. The, you know. And he is more cartoonish than anyone. Um, He was originally cast as Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes. Was he? Yes. Okay. He was going to win the job. I mean, like, it, it was when the script was, like, kind of in a different phase. Like, okay. they, they had, like, different characterization for Mike Barnes. But yeah, John Avildsen was about to foist his little son on us um, as oh, as the main antagonist of the of the Karate Kid three. Oh, uh, thankfully, God. that didn't happen, yeah. and you know Sean Kanan was definitely the better choice. Definitely, he's got a presence yes. about him, and he's believable. I believe this guy's a maniac who wants to kick ass, and that's it. I mean, Mike Barnes is feels like a truly invincible opponent. You know, yeah, um, he does. Sean Kanan gives a really effective performance and he's a really gifted athlete and martial artist. Like we've said, yep. uh, if you lack self-confidence, he's the kind of competitor who could intimidate you into losing even before you begin the match. Yeah. If you know? he was in bodybuilding, he'd be Arnold. <laughs> yes, exactly. you know, he would ruin you mentally. <laughs> <laughs> when I, absolutely. When, when I was a kid watching this movie, I was really scared of this guy. Yeah. You know, he, he reminded me of like. I was I was scared of like Chad McQueen from the first one. Oh, Dutch, yeah. Dutch was scary. Yeah. Uh this guy is like take it to 11, man. Yeah. This guy will this is the guy you avoided on the playground. Like you you don't go near this guy. He's super aggressive. Yeah. And he's tough. He's not I mean he's a bully who actually is tough who will beat you, you yeah. know. Um and like and that's not I'm not I don't admire those kinds of people. No. I, I fear them. I wish they didn't exist. But like, if you're a kid who had those kinds of issues where, where you were picked on, I mean, like, right. he would just terrorize you, yeah. you know? Yeah, he totally would. That's crazy that Snake was <laughs> originally someone else. I know. Um, but no, John, John Alvidson, his son, is... It's a good number two as Snake. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. a good like bully's number two. He's he's kind of small, yeah. and he has a good laugh, and yeah. he's he's good at like kind of being the hype man. He's very for, expressive. For Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's weird too that like with Terry Silver hiring Mike Barnes, um, he also has like These Snake other and Dennis. Yeah, um, like who work for him as just. Like hoodlums for hire. Yeah. I, I he hires these three teenagers. Hey, you guys are best friends now, and yeah. your job is to be bullies to this twenty-seven year old. 
<laughs> Wait, sorry, he's 18. That's right. Or he's under 18. It's the All Valley under 18. He's not even 18 yet. The timeline is all screwed up here. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me. Well, but, in the first movie, he gets his driver's license. He turned 16, right? It, okay, now I, I meant So it's to, been about a year. So he's got to be 17. I meant to check this out. Does he turn 16 in the first movie? Is that what it is? I think he has to because he gets his driver's license. Okay, then it is messed up because the first movie was released in 1984. And even though part two came out in 86, that film took place six months after the events of the first movie. So now you have this movie that was released in 89, okay. but takes place roughly three months after the end of the second movie, which puts it one year after the beginning of the first one. Okay. Now, during the first movie, if Daniel turned 16 and got his license a couple days before the All-Valley okay. in December, yeah. here we are nine months after the All-Valley of 1984, and somehow Daniel is still <laughs> technically 16, but he's entering college. No, he's got to be 17, and he's going to turn 18? I don't think so. Okay, this doesn't make any sense now. He, he turned 16 at like toward the end, like right before the All Valley, which yeah, was in December yeah, of 84. Okay. If this movie is within the same kind of calendar year, yeah. this is probably like September yeah. of 85. So he's still 16. <laughs> and he's and he's somehow like, he's got this pocket full of cash this guy that he's supposed not, to spend college. Yeah, he's you know, not smart enough to get out of high school early, I'll no, tell you that absolutely much. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah the, he, he's not... The Karate Kid math doesn't add up. It doesn't. It he's doesn't not young Sheldon, that's for sure. He's not, <laughs> he's not like, graduating early. And you know what's awesome? <laughs> a world where you could go to college with the money in your pocket, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't can, that be nice? Can you imagine? He yeah. Just, he just has the money to pay for college. Yeah, and he pulls it all out. He's like, oh look, Miyagi. I know. And Look, and this is my college money. It's just, like, a wad of money. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not... Well, it's not, it's like, a, not Sally Mae's money, is exactly. it? No, yes, okay. Right. <laughs> You're going to have to sell Uncle Louie to pay for your bills? <laughs> I mean... Man, I, this what is a fan- time to be alive. This is a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, we, yeah. we would never conceive of such a thing. Right. Um, and, yeah, he's... I, I guess the, the, the whole thing of his college fund came into play in part two as well because he used part of it for on his ticket for Okinawa. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we know that he's got this, like, kind of just... It's, I'm going to say it's probably about three grand yeah. total. Yeah. Um, and... It's just a, something to get him started, I guess. Right. I don't uh, think he can go to med school on it. You exactly. Know, he's just going to go. Yes. Like he says, I'm just going to go to school and take classes that I'm not going to like anyway. Right. This they, They've got a good message here about college, everybody. Think about it. Don't just do it to do it. You're right. You I know? Mean, th- do it because you want to. That 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 is, that is a good message. Yeah, I mean, like letting out letting kids know, especially in 1989, that college is a scam. Yeah. Um, and that like, yeah, there's wonderful things about it that you can, if you take like uh, classes with you know uh, interesting literature and history and science professors, that's one thing. But that's not what you're there for. You're right. there to get a piece of paper that will that will like somehow guarantee you a job that pays you less than what you actually need. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Daniel's got the right idea. Hey, let's open a bonsai store, you know? Right. Let's do that. Instead of me wasting four years of my life uh, for no good reason. If it's successful, <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah, right. You know? It um, it's, a, it's a risky move, I think. Yeah. Um, Daniel is really excited about it. Um, it could work. Right. I, the, he, he has the passion, and Miyagi has always dreamed of doing it. Um, That's true. So I think they could make it work. But yeah. it is a... Uh, 
It's like a half-baked scheme almost. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what did they do here? Right. Well, Daniel kind of does it. Right. Because because he, he brings the idea up because when they first get back from the airport after getting back from Okinawa... Um, they find that like the South side, the South sea apartments where they live yeah. is being torn down while, while they were, you know, overseas, uh, their, their home is just being raised. Yeah. Um, and the lady, Mrs. Milo from the first movie, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, she comes out and she tells him, you know, what's going on. And Miyagi has to clean out his, cause he was the, the, the maintenance man there. So he has yep. to like clean out his, uh, his area that he, that he where he kept all of his stuff. And uh, they have to go to da- they have to go to his place to to live now. And yeah. uh, Mrs. Mama Larusso is away in New Jersey taking care of Uncle Louie. Yeah. And uh, so now it's just Miyagi and Daniel living together at Miyagi's like uh, really nice house. Right. And yes. And Miyagi's awesome. Yes. He's, he's just letting this twerp live with them. I mean, <laughs> you know how generous <laughs> are you? Like to to take anybody in, let alone. <clears throat> but actually, in this case, taking in Daniel freaking Larusso. Man, we rip on Daniel so hard, deservedly. Deservedly. But their so. relationship is very authentic and sincere. Of course. And it's what makes these movies work. Yes, it's the heart of it. I it, mean, like as yeah. as hard as we are on Daniel, we 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 actually do like him. In many ways, yes. um, it's just that like it, he's really hard to like. As we see both from us, Miyagi finds him hard to like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's the scene when they, they take the final thing from the this, like, wherever Miyagi was working in the yeah. closet down right, there. Right, right. And he stands there and he just takes a look around like, wow, this is finally ended. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's a really touching moment because it's a huge part of this guy's life has just ended and now he's got to figure out something else. I mean, like Pat Morita had been acting for a long time, of course, but like this is this is his most famous role, and he knew the character so well. And he, um, even though he didn't get the acclaim for parts two and three that he got for part one, he's yeah. just as good in all three movies. He is. You and know, I forgot how good he is in this one. Right. I've I've seen the first two a million times. I've seen this one. Maybe half a million times. So yeah, I don't know too. it as well. I know, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, like Mi- Miyagi is so good in this. And especially when Daniel's starting to like go down the wrong path and he's not letting Miyagi help him, you yeah. know? Yeah. Miyagi is refusing to help him, just to be fair. Yeah. But, but he does, you know, Daniel goes about things the wrong way 99% of the time. I know. So Miyagi even says at one point, like, his heart is empty without him, you know? It, and he's like so, in tears. It's so sad. His, his tears coming down his face. And it's just it's just heartbreaking to see what Daniel is doing to this man out of just being stubborn. Yeah, basically, I I have it. Um, it's really hard for me when I see an old person crying. I mean, that yeah. is that is truly <laughs> that's pathetic. And I, I just can't take it. So so and because he he's so good in this movie, when Pat Morita starts bawling, it's like, oh, my God, yeah. I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. overcome with it. Oh, you my know? God, I might cry at Karate Kid Part <laughs> I know, 3. Exactly. Dude. How dare I, I I'm bad at myself for forgetting <laughs> letting this movie get me make me emotional. Exactly. And, and it's because of these characters. Like you said, the only reason this movie has anything yes. to it is because of the characters that we love yes and they were established in two really excellent films yes you know yeah. um but yeah uh they, they're they're now um living in miyagi's place and daniel used his college fund against mr miyagi's wishes and behind his back and behind his back uh to buy property on skid row uh <laughs> that's gonna be this bonsai store yeah and like daniel he's he's a kid so he's 
he's like parroting all the stuff that the realtor told him about how like this neighborhood's really coming up and everything. And he, they're getting in on the ground yeah. floor, Mr. Miyagi and all this stuff. How can he even like sign these documents? I have no idea. He's, he is a minor. We've established. We, he's, we don't know how old he is, but he's not old enough to go to school. Now, now to be <laughs> fair, there, there is one thing about this that I, I find now you said we both feel after seeing crop part one a million times that he turned 16 in that scene that he was like established yeah. that he was turning 16 but i googled <laughs> daniel larusso's birth date today before i came over which said december 1966 which would mean he was turning 18 at that birthday party which i don't oh remember God. happening because it's got to be retconned right like and how was he invited to, how was he able to compete in the All Valley under 18 yeah, if he that, turned 18? That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. he's 16 in that's, that first movie. Okay. It's, yes. It's canon. Yes, it, it is. has to be. Yes. Someone just made up this birth year for some reason. I know. To make like some side story <laughs> work. I don't Pro- know. Probably so, yeah. But yeah. But so yeah. yeah, now they're business owners and he surprises Miyagi with the the lease. Yes. You know? Um, and he does it at dinner and he breaks it to him like, well, I, uh, he asked him how college was, you know, and he's right. like, well, um, I didn't go. <laughs> and he, and he kind of breaks it to him like, I got this and Hey, I, I don't need college. You know, look, I can see into the future, you know, 30 years from now, <laughs> if I had student loans, I'd be fucked. So no, we're opening <laughs> yes, a bonsai exactly, store. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> so Miyagi says, cool. Good idea. Right. He doesn't say that, but he's like, okay. <laughs> and they go and see it and. Daniel's super excited about it. He's like over the moon. Very enthusiastic. About this. Yeah. And like he has just given this man who he respects and loves like no other his dream. Right. Um, and Miyagi says there's one problem. It's that Daniel's name is not also on the lease and he calls him his partner. Right. And it, it, it makes me so happy. I know. You know? Because um, I love those two together. And and like and for about two minutes, he's just like going on about like what they're going to do. And he seems like he has a vision for yeah. it and he's really enthusiastic. And not only just for a business, but he wants to do this for for this man who is not only his friend, but like who has become his life. Right. You know, and he is so devoted to Mr. Miyagi. He would never tell him he loves him because Mr. Miyagi is not somebody you tell them. It, he, I don't think he he kind of communicates that way i don't think um, they say they love each other at any point no, in the film no it, it never it's happens just obvious right but yeah um but like this is his way of expressing it and he wants so bad for mr miyagi to say yes let's do this yeah and when he does like it's just like you can see daniel's just like oh my god this is actually happening yeah. we're yeah. gonna have this thing together and you know like right that's this is our life now it's awesome it's funny. You said he's so devoted to Miyagi. It's almost like he's Terry Silver and Miyagi is Crease. He's just going to do everything for him, oh you know? Oh, my gosh. Wow, yeah. I mean, I'm going to spend all of my hundreds of dollars on this lease for you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. All all the power of Daniel Tox industry. That's true. <laughs> You're right. Help that's you. exactly right. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, th- this this crappy little bonsai <laughs> store <laughs> is a... Is a you know, a trip I do Haiti. wish we could have seen the store like flourish, like yeah. not like flourish business wise, but like we see it develop more and like there's actual plants in a storefront right. and customers. That would have been really cool to see. Yes. I mean, it's not essential for this story. Right. So and the movie, like, I, I mean, yeah, if, if, if kind of there was a coda where, where it's just like, you know, Daniel's working the till and like somebody comes in and you can't buys have bonsai. a coda in a John G. Alvidson movie. Uh, Come on. I, I, I guess not. You're it's right. got a freeze frame on the same thing from. All the prior movies. Uh, you, that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 
<laughs> oh my god, Lord. Yes. Um, but yeah, now there, there is, they've established that, that this is happening and, um, you know, Miyagi sends him across the street, uh, to meet Robin Lively. And that's where we yeah. got the whole thing that we, Jessica yes, is the character. Right. Um, and when they, when they make their date, Daniel says to Jessica, let me, let me show you our shop, you know, like come yeah. across the street and we'll, I'll show you what we got going. And this is when, uh, there's the first encounter with snake and Mike Barnes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Daniel knows nothing about these guys, right? You know, it's, it's his first introduction to them. Yeah. And he doesn't even know apparently like that the all Valley is still happening. Well, he does because he wanted to do it. Miyagi told him, Hey, don't do it. Did that come before? It came before. And Daniel has already decided. Well, no, he hasn't decided he's not going to do it. Right. Right. He hasn't decided. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh wait, no, he did because like it was before the dinner. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he actually says, you know what? I thought about it. Um, it was before the date. He when he borrowed that and stupid Hawaiian it. shirt. Yeah, he burns Ugh. it. He says, "Hey Miyagi, you're right. I want our karate to mean something." Yes, and he burns it. And then Terry Silver is in the hiding in the chimney. <laughs> Terry Silver. <laughs> Holy yeah. crap! Yes. Anyway, yeah, because yeah, he was snooping so that he had some like meat on that he could use. You know, like that he could just eat and use against them. This you know? is the most. Yeah. This is the boldest cat burglar stuff I've seen in a long time because he knows Daniel and Miyagi. Like he knows at least he's seen Daniel in the house and he's still in the study, like snooping through all of Miyagi's stuff. Yeah. Like Daniel is in the other room and he's going through these rifling these drawers. Yeah. And then he like sees Miyagi coming. So he knows the only place he can hide is in the chimney. And yeah, yeah he didn't expect a burned contract <laughs> underneath his feet. Oh, well, yes. I don't know. So the, yeah, because Silver saw the contract being burned. Yeah. He's like, all right, all, all you guys, I'm paying to be here. <laughs> Go and make them sign it. Yeah. I mean, okay. The movie establishes, obviously, that Mike is a known commodity in the martial arts world. Yes. Right? Bad boy. Uh, yes. There's a magazine feature tournament dedicated terror. to his tournament exploits. Yes. Yeah. Tournament terror Mike Barnes. Um, so we're to understand that his services are for sale. I mean, is that what... <laughs> You know, is that what this is? I think it takes a shit bag to to know a shit bag. I, I I guess so. Yeah. So Silver sees that and is like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. So if Terry Silver hadn't hired him and made this deal, would Mike be offering his services to another outlet? I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, so there's not like like other billionaire supervillains out there who need like a teenage karate champion. They for probably something? do, but I mean. I mean, there can't be many instances simultaneously. I guess, yeah, you know? that's maybe true. one or two. There's not at a, a time. bidding war. One or two I, I, karate uh, toxic waste overlaps once in a while. You know, so exactly. It's not super common. No, um, and I guess for a revenge plot where karate <laughs> is required, I, I guess, yeah, that would be pretty rare. I mean, a lot of revenge plots need karate, though. They they, they could use some <laughs> for sure. It would make them better. Exactly. I, I'd be like <laughs> definitely down for them, but yeah. Where are his parents? Mike Barnes? Yeah. He probably killed them. This guy's <laughs> insane. He probably dropped them off a cliff. I, I expected there to be some debate about this, but no, you're right. He definitely <laughs> killed his parents in something horrific. Yes. His, you know, his parents are probably... <laughs> this little psycho. Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> I haven't even thought about his parents once wow. in my entire life. Wow. I just... He probably just grew up on the street. 
Yeah. Wow. I have no idea. Did oh you have any gosh. other theories? On no, his I didn't. I, I thought we were going to like talk about it, but I thought, you know, maybe I, I guess if, if he's part of the Cobra Kai universe from the Netflix show, then they, they might get into <laughs> it maybe at some point. Yeah. Like maybe, right. maybe it's some kind of like really sad story. Like he is yeah, orphan. He's an in orphan. Some way. Yeah. 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 And his only outlet is now this and okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Um, but they show up, Snake and Mike show up, and they're like, hey, Daniel, how you doing, buddy? And he's like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> yes. Hey, we're closed. Get out of here. Right, right. And then they start pushing him around, saying, hey, you got to sign this paper. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. Right. And they take off, and then they come back the next night and do it all again. Right. And this is where we get the first assault on Jessica. Oh, my God. Um. Daniel fights, does he fight a snake? No, he doesn't fight snake. He fights Dennis. Right. Dennis starts to fight him and Daniel takes him out pretty easily. Yes. And then uh, Jessica throws the mac and cheese into snake's stomach. Yes. And he flies back against the wall because I guess that was some powerful mac and cheese. <laughs> it's, a, well, it's a big cauldron it she's is. got, it's so like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Kevin's chili from the office. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so then she does the mac and cheese attack. <laughs> And Mike Barnes looks at the mac and cheese, then looks at her, and then does like a sidekick to her gut. It's outrageous. Dude. This level of violence against a girl. I mean, yeah. like, it, against a woman. You know, and and it's just, my God, the fucking 80s. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe we were just doing this all the time. I mean, yep. like, it is a really, it, it's disturbing <laughs> shit. Because he, he, he kicks her with full force. Yeah. Like, imagine, oh, it's, yeah, it's bad. It's bad, yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, and, it and it's just part of it's part of the motif back then. And then, and Daniel's like, "Hey, cut it out!" Right? And hey, then, hey, that's my girlfriend. Wait, uh, never mind. Oh, that's that's that's, that's right. my friend. Exactly. I know that's my platonic <laughs> friend. How dare you? <laughs> and I mean, you know, and then like Mike attacks him, and Daniel looks like he can't get anything on this guy. Like he hits him, and Mike Barnes says, "Don't do that." Yeah. Gives him a full he, like he, he close twice. Yes. Don't do that. And Don't then he, do like, that. Pushes him through a wall almost, and he can apparently lift Daniel. Yeah, like he's that strong. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's really established very well. Like when when Daniel attacks, like he tries to fight back against Mike. Like Mike Barnes, he he's he's criticizing Daniel's karate as he's fighting him. Yeah. Hey, right, nice kick. Ooh, yeah. not a little bit better. Sure. Oh, that's great. And then. Yeah. <laughs> And then he just assaults him. I mean, like his his <laughs> attack is full on. Like, I mean, I don't know how they faked it. He is all offense. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. He moves quickly. He's and he's and really precisely. Yes. Yeah. Um. And of course, he's got the upper hand on Daniel now. But Miyagi shows up and kicks some ass. Right. A little bit. A little bit. Yes. You know, he, he he's able to get everyone to leave. Right. You know, you know, we know Miyagi can take out some teens. He's oh yeah, of course, it. exactly. Um. So yeah, now now they leave and Miyagi's joking about the whole scene now, like yeah, which is very out of character and weird. I like, know he jokes around and is silly, you know, but these guys just assaulted Jessica and Daniel in your store, right? And you're saying you're gonna go fishing and you're singing songs because when we cut to Daniel and Miyagi in the truck, um, and we're just. Yeah, we have never seen Mr. Miyagi be this much of a goof when yeah. he was sober. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but he is singing a song, and like he knows that he's annoying Daniel, and he's kind of doing it on purpose. Yeah. 
And the only thing I like about this scene is Ralph Macchio, his reactions, his facial <laughs> reactions. He's like, just got this, this expression on. That's just like, he keeps looking at Miyagi and giving a side eye and he looks forward and he just, he's really funny in the scene. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't say anything yeah. until he finally goes, Oh, what the hell? What, what is going on here? And then he's just like, Miyagi can't be phased. He just keeps singing this, this song. Yeah. I like, I feel like this is very out of character and it's it inappropriate. It's an inappropriate response. Right. Because if he's doing this, there has to be a lesson learned the next minute. Agreed. Like, he's got to say, ha ha, I tricked you. I actually taught you more karate. Like, I mean, that's what he has to do. Well, that's And that's what we're expecting the first time we see it. That, yeah. that, that there is some kind of thing in here where, in the end, Daniel's going to have something. He's going to be able to take something from this. Right. But it's not. It's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going fishing. I know. Uh, good luck with the police, dick. It's like, that's what's happening. Here. I know. It, it, and you're right about it being out of character. And I, man, I, look, Robert Mark Kamen, you invented these characters <laughs> and far be it from me to criticize, you know, <laughs> your uh, like giving birth to these. But I mean, my God, this is like, I, I don't know what this is. I don't and, know. And when they finally do get home, yeah, like the, the bonsais have all been stolen. Yeah. Uh, like Mike, Snake and Dennis worked pretty quickly. You know, they, they, they figured out where Miyagi lived. They raided the house. They stole the stuff, and then they have like, almost like they they left. A, a, it's a copy of the application. It's hanging there. It's <laughs> that is a massive LOL. Really, the idea that you would like put a a teenage karate contract. That's <laughs> like this. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, they're they're asking for like a blood oath, and it's just it's the All Valley. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> But like everybody's future hinges on this. And like that, that's Mike Barnes's argument is that like, cause he, you know, Daniel tells him during the encounter, like, look, if you want the title, go ahead, you know, enter the tournament and get it. He goes, Oh no, 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 you don't understand. I need your title. Yeah. I have to beat you. Yeah. That's why he's like pushing so hard for Daniel to sign up. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, by the way, <laughs> there's a really bullshit stipulation this year at the all. Oh my God. Whew. Um, Yes. You know, please enlighten uh, us, Dave. Exactly. Of the rules update. I mean, my God. Um, okay. The, the whole the whole stipulation, obviously, it, it's it's pretty outrageous. Is is that like the the previous year's winner gets to enter the tournament and doesn't have to fight in the tournament? He gets he just advances to the championship match. Right. So he he can win one match and be the champion again. It makes no sense. I have no idea why they would do this because like the the whole point of the All Valley in the first movie was like it was the centerpiece of the film. Yeah. You know, it takes like the last half hour of the movie. It's a whole montage. And then there's even like, um, just, you know, individual matches that we see the full on. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a big part of the whole experience was, was the tournament. Right. You know, in this movie, it's a, it's a little side note. If it feels like a side note, but it's the climax. I know exactly. The the climax is an afterthought. It feels like I, I don't even want to watch it. Like, I'm like, this is (laughs) stupid. Yes. I know, I know. Well, we can talk more about it when we get to the end of the film, but course, like, yeah. dude. And and it just like, when, when, they, when they introduce it into the plot, I remember even the first time I saw it when I was a little kid, I was just yeah. like, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, how, how would this ever fly? You know what? Ralph Macchio's wife probably doesn't like karate either. I mean, so that, she's like, hey, honestly, you better not be fighting in this movie. It's, it's got to be something to do with Ralph Macchio that, that he <laughs> didn't want to, like, keep fighting or whatever. Or, yeah. I mean, or I can't imagine that the filmmakers would have said 
like, okay, the, the, the whole reason we're here is for like Daniel to, you know, like, uh, I guess, you know, obviously again, overcome, you know, some, some, uh, somebody in his life who, who's threatening him, right. You know, and what better way to do that than to have it be, you know, a, if we're going to do a repeat of the first movie, then let's do a repeat of the first movie. Exactly. You know, and, and I mean, there's no, there's no, I guess there's no Cobras to, to, uh, overcome. Um, uh, but like, you know, right. M- maybe they thought it was, uh, like, uh, like not credible that he would win again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who it knows? Stupid. They wrote themselves into a fucking corner. They did. E- and exactly. they could not get out of this. Right. It really sucks. Yeah. It, it's bull. Yes. Um, <laughs> so now that all the bonsai trees are missing, they have no money. They have no stock. They have no inventory. Right. So Daniel has the idea. We're going to go to the cliff where Miyagi planted an authentic, Japanese bonsai yes and planted it where no one could get it and it's worth ten thousand dollars so we're gonna go get it and then we can you know proceed with our business right and of course this goes to shit too because all his plans are horrible (laughs) he's repelling down the rocks with Jessica because she's a rock climber right um which was established in the photo with the boyfriend that's true they were repelling down a wall yeah so um so they're going down the cliff to get this bonsai tree, and they finally get it out. But wouldn't you know it, they drop it. And they have to go all the way to the bottom and get the tree. And then as they're getting the tree, the ropes start to go up the cliffside. Uh, Snake and Mike and Dennis are all at the top. It's like something out of the Goonies here. I know. It looks like the Goonies. It does. You know? It's, with, I know. With the rocky ocean side and yep. stuff. It looks like um, the place that Brand uh, almost lost his life. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and they're like, hey... Sign the contract, and we'll let you come up. And they throw a rock with the contract, like, like rubber banded to yes. it down to him. Like, <laughs> and Daniel's great in this, though. He's like really mad and animated. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know what? You want me to sign the contract? I'll sign the contract. Okay, there, I signed the contract. I signed it. Now throw the rope down. I signed it. <laughs> it's, it's a little much. I know. I know. <laughs> and he's like, he's like jumping around as uh-huh. he's yelling this. And, and he's very viciously, I like, hard signing the contract. I haven't know? looked, but I, does Jessica look at him like, what's wrong with this guy? Yes. She is? She, okay. She's looking at him. She's kind of staring at him <laughs> the whole time. Like, like she she has this expression like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, um, like, she it's can't really believe it. It's a fucking karate tournament. I know. I, f- I forgot until this viewing that she tries to talk him out of this bonsai caper. Yeah, she does. You know, yeah, that's right. I mean, like, it's it's an invaluable part of, of like, that characterization. Yeah, she's like, know? well, what if he doesn't want you to get it? And he's like, well, yeah, he wants me to. It's his dream. It's... Shut up, Daniel. I know. you. I mean, of all the... Look, we're all pissed off at Daniel LaRusso, <laughs> like, 24-7 usually. But, like, I mean, I I don't mind him wanting to defend, to defend his title. And like, like kind of being mad at Miyagi for, for not training him, you know, cause that's the whole thing is Miyagi doesn't really approve of this, of him yeah, defending the title. Right. But like this thing here where he, I'll give this, I'll commend the movie for one thing. And that it's that they escalate the outrage of Daniel's terrible decision-making Yes, because this thing with him uprooting this bonsai tree is contemptible. Yeah. You know, I mean like, God, it. It is such an outrage that he does this because Miyagi earlier had shown him where he put it. Yeah. And he told him the whole story about how like, like they didn't even have at the, when he planted it there, he didn't have like landscape or like uh you know, rock climbing equipment. Yeah. He just free, free soloed up this cauldron, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like found a place for this bonsai tree that he brought with him from Japan. Yeah. And 
like and and it's 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 really cool. It's it's like just the perfect bonsai tree that you're picturing in your head. It is. It looks like the back of Daniel's gi. It's the it's it is. the exact it's same, the same tree. one. Right. Yeah. And he even comments on it. He's like, it looks like the one on my gi. Right. Which is great. I like that it's, little it's touch. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how Miyagi got up there. Is Miyagi from the cartoon series? It, he had magic powers. That's true. He could um, fly and like front flip <laughs> and right, stuff. That's right. So yeah, <laughs> that cartoon was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel and Kumiko had magic powers too. Oh man, and and they they just magically write Kumiko out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She got a she got a, uh, an offer from you a know da- what? You know. She was like, I'm not going to America with this guy. Absolutely, this guy's not. crazy. Exactly. I all I wanted was a, a nice couple weeks of you know fun with him. I mean, I'm spending my life with this guy. And yeah, m- many women have done that <laughs> with Daniel LaRusso. <laughs> right, yeah, he's yeah, disposable. Exactly, yes. <laughs> he's charming at first and then annoying. That's what happens. <laughs> it's obvious. Speaking of annoying, <laughs> the most annoying thing Daniel does in this movie, I, we'll get back to the ravine oh, in a wow. minute. Oh, wow, this like, must be really bad. I, I hate it so much. <laughs> it's when he's in uh, the house, like getting ready to go on the date with, uh, uh, with Jessica, and he's like singing luau music mm-hmm. when he's got that Hawaiian shirt. Oh yeah. I am so, I'm just like, if Ralph Macchio had power to like change the production of this film and rewrite plots in it, that means he had absolute say in anything. Yeah. So anything that's on screen was kind of given the go ahead by him. And that's left in like one of his lowest moments as an actor <laughs> Is him la, da, da. like he he does it for a good thirty <laughs> seconds? He's singing like like that's when Terry Silver sneaks in, right? Yes, yeah, yes. It's not good, and there, <laughs> it's, it's even shot in silhouette, like against this, um, yeah, yeah. like uh, you know, uh, sh- uh, shade screen kind of yeah. thing. And you see him like like kind of swaying back and forth, and like he thinks he's really cute here, and he's not. <laughs> And I just needed to Dude, put that in there. It doesn't bother me at all. Okay. It never bothered me. Okay. But it, now it, that you've said it, I'm going to just notice it every <laughs> single time I watch this movie, which probably won't be many more times, exactly, honestly. Yes. <laughs> right. But um, it's going to eat me alive, I guarantee it you. Will, it will come up for you. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so when they get pulled back up by the goons here, yeah. um, they're at the top, and they're right before they pull them up over the cliff, they're still dangling. They're like, give us the tree. And they, they hand him the tree, and they snap it in half, like a wishbone. You know, he even says, Daniel, make a wish. Ugh. Mike Barnes cracks this tree, which is probably 100 years old, Yeah, you know? And this moment actually is kind of devastating. Oh, yeah. It, it's presented as, it's a super heavy thing that just happened. Right. More important than anything else that's been shown in this film. And the reaction from Daniel is so authentic and heartbroken and fearful uh, of about what just happened. Oh, yeah. Like, he knows, all right, I'm dead meat now. Uh, Miyagi's going to kill me. Uh, friendship's over. Yep. Uh, that's it. Might as well drop me in this cliff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, he he reacts appropriately to it. And like we, the audience do too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that like anyone watching it for the first time, when, when Mike Barnes snaps the trunk of that tree into yeah. and just goes, Hey, make a wish. I mean, like it is like, it is a real gut punch because they'd already gotten what they wanted. Right. Yeah. This is just, Hey, I'm going to bully you just for fun. It's now. cruelty for cruelty. Sake. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and like, this is my favorite scene in the movie when the tree breaks and then he t- brings it to Miyagi, like, 
basically crying and yes. apologizing. Like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And Miyagi's trying to fix it and stuff. Like, right. it's only like a minute or two of the movie. And it's my favorite thing in the movie is about a tree that got snapped. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's the most powerful. It is. And, and it's it's got it's got such uh, like symbolism. And, and you you, you well, know, yeah. like it kind of is almost self-contained too. It's almost like a little short film in it the is. middle You of could this. watch it on its own and yeah. be like, feel that impact. It's Because everybody scene. understands what bullying is like. Yeah. And... Um, uh, and the the acting is excellent in this scene, right? And for for Mike Barnes and Snake and Dennis to to do what they did and to like to have no feeling, yeah, you know, like obviously, even if they don't know what what this tree means to Miyagi, like they they obviously know that like they were down there doing something, you know, they, they were down there for some they, reason. They were down there to get this tree or exactly. something, so they know it's important to right. them. Um. And yeah, and you mentioned the symbolism with it. Like throughout the whole movie, they're talking about if your roots are strong, yes. you know, you'll you'll be able to grow and survive. And right. Miyagi keeps telling Daniel that he's got good roots and stuff. So, of course, that's what the tree symbolizes. Yes. And Miyagi is able to kind of repair the tree a little, but you don't know if it's going to make it. Right. And ultimately, it does at the end of the movie, yeah. and that's kind of the turning point where Daniel comes back and is like, "Okay, yeah, I was an ass and." Now we got to do things the right way. Yeah. Um, and it, it's also too, like, it's, it's really great that Miyagi has the reaction that he does without getting angry. Like this is yeah. as angry as like Miyagi can get at yeah. Daniel, which is like essentially just like kind of telling, okay, bring me that water. Okay. Bring me that dirt. You know, like yeah, uh, give, me that, me give me the tape, you know, um, just let me work, you know, like, cause anybody else would have been like screaming at Daniel's face. Cause, and rightly right. so, because yeah. he really screwed up. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and he tells him like, I had to sign it. I had to sign it. They made me do it. Right. You know, and Miyagi still is like, okay, fuck you. Yeah. That, why Miyagi? (laughs) What? This is not appropriate. Come on. So the whole thing with Miyagi, not wanting to train Daniel, uh, for the tournament, you, um, you feel that he's in the wrong here. I feel like he is once, once this has happened. Yeah. That's the tipping point, I right. feel. Beforehand, it's fine. Yeah. But now that these guys have gone to this length and they're making him do this and they destroyed the tree, they're they're almost they threatened to rape Jessica. Yeah. You know. This is where you gotta say, All right, remember the first movie? We'll uh we'll start training. Yes. Yeah. This is where I start helping you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um and I I I would be okay with him at this moment still being not wanting to train him if it weren't for what happens next with is another out of character Miyagi moment in which Terry Silver uh, tells Daniel about front sweeps. Yeah. And he says, ask your teacher, Mr. Miyagi, about about teaching you how to sweep. Okay. So he goes and he <laughs> asks Mr. Miyagi, do you know how to sweep? Can you teach me just this one thing? That, that's all I ask. And yeah. Miyagi is, of course. He gets out a broom and tells him, okay, <laughs> now I go back and forth like this. And you just sweep, like, yep, you sweep, you sweep. sweep. And, and like Daniel has this hilarious reaction that you're, I know you're reacting to, which is like, he, okay, fine, fine. You, you know, you make fun of me? Okay, whatever. Just a minute, a minute, a minute, a minute. I mean, he really throws yeah. this big fit. I'll never but, ask for anything. I'll never ask for anything yeah, again. Okay, yeah. fine. He really turns, this is when he becomes a sweat hog, you know? <laughs> Yes. It's, it's pretty great. I think he's out of line. Exactly. Um, and Jessica's standing there too, and she thinks it's funny. Yeah. And then once he blows his stack, she's uh, once again like, I wow, I dodged the bullet. Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Good thing I lied Man, about that guy. There's red flags all over this kid. 
Um, but right? yeah, th- there's, I, I think too that like, but I, I don't like Miyagi doing this kind of sarcastic trick. I like it. I, you do. I love it. See, I, I, I don't think he because he's do done this. that before. He's done that in other movies. Like, like his joke about the belt in the first movie. What okay. kind of belt you have? Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Canvas. JC Penny. That's <laughs> you know? true. JC Penny 398. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Right. Okay. That, so, that, you're right. That, felt, that's true. So there's precedence, your honor. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I get it. I yeah. get it. Like the movie is jumping all over the place yeah. with tone. Right. Like. It was it was emergency rescue nine one one on the bonsai tree. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'll teach you to sweep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all over, right? Right. <laughs> um, and at this point, like, it's it's weird. But Terry Silver, in in addition to his other stuff, and we, yeah. he, he was obviously in there. He was gathering evidence so that he could like infiltrate Miyagi and Daniel's life. Yeah. He's going to pretend to be this guy from uh, he. He's been sent from this school in Korea yeah. um, to like make amends with Miyagi and Daniel for John Kreese's behavior. Him and Kreese were trained at this dojo in Korea. Then they were in Vietnam together. Yeah. And Terry Silver pretends that John Kreese is dead. Yeah. Um, he, you know, and now he's here to like. Um, yeah, like rebuild the brand and like yeah, exactly. change, change the reputation. Yes. You know, hey, this isn't what we were like. Yes. This is the true values of cobra kai yes um yeah he's he's weeding his way into their lives as a good guy right to help them right. a friend he, and he feeds them all these like half truths you know yes, right yeah and and he gets on their good side and he ultimately gets he's the one who's been driving a wedge between these guys right right, right. um so now miyagi won't train him and terry silver has set himself up to be Someone who will train Daniel. Yes. And Daniel takes his, takes it. He's like, hey, Al, yeah. Will you train me? Daniel does the unthinkable thing. He walks into the Cobra Kai dojo and and puts on a Cobra Kai gi and is being trained by Terry Silver. They recreate the scene from the first movie where he first walks into the dojo. They, they do. Shot for shot. Yeah. Which we also just saw at the beginning of this movie, <laughs> shot true. for shot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which I thought was a cool idea. Yeah. Um. But yeah. <laughs> He's training him in a Cobra Kai gi, <laughs> and he teaches him um, the Quicksilver training method. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a training method that he developed to get quick results. I call it Quicksilver. You like that? He goes, "Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the three things are: if a man can't stand, he can't fight; if a man can't breathe, he can't fight; and if a man can't see, he can't fight. Right. So over the course of a few days, he teaches them these lessons. And there's um like w- when when the training first starts, like you you see um Ralph Macchio, uh like kind of you know he he looks pretty okay. He looks like he's still got some moves. You know, like when they're just kind of sparring. Yeah, they're he's, sparring. And he's like, wow, yeah. you're better than I thought. Right. And he, which I think was true. Like yeah, I think exactly. he's really saying, wow, you're better than I thought you yes. were. You little shit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he thought that this guy was nothing. Yeah. Right. right. Um. <laughs> And instead of like hitting the heavy bag like you would, um, like Terry Silver has set up this uh, this like thing made of like <laughs> it's like pipes and two yes, by fours. Exactly. <laughs> it's and like and the whole point is that like he's telling Daniel that he has to like you know fight against this thing. He yeah. has to like hurt himself uh, while training, and um, yeah, it, it it's it's pretty it's pretty yeah. ugly because earlier in the film. Crease told him to make him bleed. 
because Crease, you know, uh, broke like made his knuckles bleed yeah. in the beginning of the movie. Miyagi right. tricked him into punching a glass window, so John Crease's knuckles are bleeding. So he tells Silver, "Make his knuckles bleed." Yeah. So um, that's what ultimately happens. <laughs> he he has him kicking these like wooden legs and like like elbowing the this like wooden chest and right. punching this wooden head. Which has Mike Barnes' face on it. It's yeah. it's the magazine cover or whatever, <laughs> yes. where he's like, ah! ready to kill someone. He's making a mean face. Yeah, yeah. he looks mean. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, his knuckles bleed from punching this wooden face. I I remember thinking about like uh, what I would have done in that scenario. Like, c- could I, I? I thought about times where I've accidentally, you know, like made like, contact with a two by four. You know, yeah. like punched it or kicked it somehow yeah. or just, you know, you know, yes. it hurts. It hurts yeah. really bad. It does. And when you see Daniel trying to sweep these uh, like wooden legs, yeah. man, you're just kind of like, oh, every time he kicks it, you're like, oh, oh, God. That you know? impact. Yes. And he goes home and like his uh, his foot is all like, you know, bruised and everything. Oh, yeah. It's nasty looking. And like Miyagi doesn't know exactly what's happening, but he does kind of know. So he's trying yeah. to help him out. Yeah. But like in the end, he just can't train him. And that's why Daniel just kind of casts him out every time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this is where you get the, the moment where Miyagi cries. Like yes. during this whole sequence, it's he won't let him help. Right. You know? And he, he's crying. That's where he says Miyagi's uh, heart is empty without you. Yeah. You know, he's talking to himself. Right. Um, and he does it in that great Pat Morito voice. Like, oh man, it's I know. so good. He's, he's, he's excellent. I mean, and, uh, there, there's a couple of really emotional moments for, for Miyagi in all three of these movies. Um, this is yeah. the one in part three. The one in part two is after his father dies yeah. and he's sitting there looking at the, out in the harbor. And Daniel sits there next to him. Great scene. Oh my gosh. You know, really powerful stuff. Yep. And then the first movie, of course, is Oscar scene. Yes. When he's getting drunk. Yes. You know, and, uh, remembering his past. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this one's also good. Not as good as those, I don't think. Of course. But it's still good. And it's, and it's. Because his relationship with Daniel is crumbling. Yeah. The other movies had nothing to do with this. This is, this is the core is their relationship. Right. Um, and I'll give the movie credit for that part of it is that like, it really does like kind of take advantage of you, the viewer knowing that relationship Yeah. and, um, you know, not manipulating you, but like, you know, the reason you are invested is because you know, these people. Yeah. Right. And so Daniel is training and he ultimately does break these boards because right. when he has the blood on his knuckles, Terry Silver's like, it's blood. So what? Pretend it's his. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he gets Daniel all riled up and pissed. And then, you know, the music swells. And then he's like, yeah, and he breaks all the boards. I'm going to nail him. And then he's like, yeah, he says, I'm going to nail him. <laughs> and then crack, 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 breaks yeah. all the boards. Right. Right. And then he's like, we did it. Yay. And they all like jump up and down. It, it's a, it's a, a double high five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I mean, like, it's kind of an electric moment when, when Daniel does overcome the boards and like, <laughs> it is, he smashes everything. And like Terry Silver's like, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like it's triumphant. Yes, it is. But it's silly when they do the double high five, it is. like awkward double high five. It is awkward. I know because yeah. then they kind of clutch each other. It looks and go like back and Anakin forth. just won the pod race and they don't <laughs> yeah. know how to high five each other and shit. Oh, that's what this is. I've been party to many awkward <laughs> high fives and that's why they're not part of my life anymore. Yes. Now I 
fist bump people or I just like steer clear of high fives just entirely. Like, just kind of like lean, lean over. Look. How you doing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. One of those. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll shake someone's hand when I'm introduced to them, but that's as far as it goes. You don't double high five. There are anymore. no excited high fives in my life anymore. That part is over. Yeah. There's so much risk there. You could whiff. You can hit like the palm in a weird way. And it always fingertip. I mean, have you ever like sort of had it happen happen in front of you? And like, you have to pretend that you didn't see it. Oh God, that's the worst. It wasn't even your high five. Exactly. But you're still like feeling the, like the aura of awkwardness from it. Right. Yeah. It affected everybody. Oh my God. It sucks. There's more people at risk here than just you. (laughs) So everybody stop high fiving. It's a public service. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) So, and now we, we get a dance scene. There's, oh, there's a dance absolutely. club, right? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the dance, the dance scene. club. Yes. I love when they go to this club and Ralph Macchio just gets right into his Bruce Springsteen oh, dance. Ooh. Yes. He looks yeah, like, I mean, he looks like Courtney Cox. I mean, exactly. It's so amazing. I mean, like <laughs> he, he and Jessica aren't as dynamic a pairing as him and Kumiko, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Terry Silver is in the club hiding behind a pillar because I guess he knows to be there it's, and his plan, his plan is to find a random person who's assaulting a lady Ugh. and pay him money to go assault Jessica and Daniel. You and, know, and, 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 and that's what happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole point is that he's supposed to like lose his cool in front of, in front of Jessica, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And haul off and, and slug this guy. Right. Which, so he hires this dude to like, you know, start harassing Jessica and he, the, he's, and Daniel's like, hey, she's with me. And um, the guy won't take no for an answer. So Daniel breaks the guy's nose. Immediately punches him in the face with his new technique he learned. Yes. Um, and Terry Silver runs up and he's like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then grabs Daniel. And he's like, well, no, shouldn't we help him? What about Jessica? He's like, we got to go. Right. And he gets Daniel to run off with him. And what he wanted to do was make Daniel do the wrong thing. And he yeah. succeeded. And right. he's out there and he's like, that was awesome, man. Daniel, you have the killer instinct. Yes. Like he's just trying to make him feel like a bad guy. Right. You know? Right. Because he's not that, but he's molding him into one. And I mean, you know, um, th- this is where we really start to see kind of the extent of Terry Silver's, you know, plans, you know, yeah. I and mean, he's, he's really, he is going so far with this scheme yeah. to the point where he's, it's not even, it's outside the dojo now. Yeah. He's now in public like staging events to where Daniel will 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 commit violence. Well, we didn't even mention the part where he he fights off Mike Barnes at Miyagi's house. I know, you know? Like, right? He staged he, one he, of those. He is setting up this whole thing. Exactly. It, well, I mean, he's a, a billionaire toxic yeah. waste mogul, right? <laughs> and he set aside business for six months just to do this. I, that's I true. Mean, he's, you know, when he wants to do something, he's going to do it. That's true. Yeah. That's why he is a billionaire toxic waste mogul. Yeah, he's a focused man. <laughs> because you have to have drive to do that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. You can't just be an idiot <laughs> with no motivation. That's true. <laughs> you got to be committed. <laughs> um, and you know what I love? When he when he's there and he, he pays this guy to, like, assault them or whatever. Yeah. Like, the guy is assaulting this other woman, and he's like, he stops him. He's like, hey, stop, or whatever. And then, like, the guy, like, looks like he's about to fight Terry Silver, but because he's, like, two and a half feet taller than him... <laughs> 
he like leans down and whispers in his ear and this other guy is like oh am i getting cruised right now all right like the look on his face is yeah. like hey yeah let's make this work i i kind of picked it up looks a like little bit on that too. exactly he, he looks like he's a little intrigued by you know like yeah. this tall drink of water well this lady was sexy but look at this guy exactly you know? yes that's not where it goes. Uh, of Later, you hear him yelling, "Hey, where's that guy with my money?" Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> so he didn't even pay the guy. He didn't like, and I guess it wasn't a pay up front kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, pay for performance, right? Yeah. Um, and man, it, it's like it, it, the cops or the, the security people start making fun of the guy. Yeah, like right. They, they they pull him. Okay, what's going on? What happened? The guy broke my nose. Yeah, he sure did. And, and then they throw the, him out. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And like Daniel is trying to. He, he he manages to shake Terry Silver and then he goes uh, home and he's he's on the phone with the hospital trying to like locate the guy so that he can apologize <laughs> yes, to him, which is an yeah. unlikely thing to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's commendable, I guess. But I mean, would you really go this far to like like it? I mean, obviously, the guy was kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Um, right. And he got his nose broken in a club. I mean, you know, I'm not saying anybody has a, a broken nose coming, but sometimes they do. Yeah. Well, let's yeah, be honest. You don't need to call this guy, no. Daniel. But he does go and he goes to Jessica's apartment and apologize. Right. And says, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I, I lost my cool. And I've I've lost everything, actually. Yeah. I, I've lost you. I've lost Miyagi. I've lost myself. Um, and um, she's like, yeah. You did. (laughs) By the way, Daniel, I was never yours. I know. Exactly. Remember, I'm going back to Ohio right now. Oh, my God. You're being so possessive of me. And we established early in the film that we were just friends. Ralph, you wanted the the change. Yes. Cut it back a bit. Exactly. Now now Robin (laughs) Lively has to act as if, you know, in this scene that that has like a lot of not very much weight to it because they're not a couple. And she has to kiss him on the cheek. Right. Still, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "Is he gonna kiss her?" No, don't don't do it. Right, it doesn't happen. Right, but yeah, he leaves and is like, "Hey, yeah, thanks, um, thanks for the pep talk or whatever." Yeah, and so uh, he goes to back to Miyagi and is like, "Hey, um, I feel like everything's falling apart. I'm sorry, you know. I feel like I'm the tree that's broken. I'll just say the the metaphor in the script <laughs> out out loud." <laughs> And Miyagi says, come here. And he shows him that the tree is healing and says it's strong roots, just like you. I wrote it on page 87. See? Symbolism. (laughs) And now he's like, I have to go tell Terry Silver I'm done training him. So this is all within an hour. Yeah. Like, he's been at the nightclub, assaulted a man, blood everywhere. Terry Silver was there in his nicest suit. And like, well, not a suit, but he was dressed up. He, he's he actually bought like um, kind of like scumbag clothes. Yeah, scumbag he's got, nightclub gear. Right. He's got know? like really tight jeans and a gray members only coat. Yep. He, um, he yeah. still looks great. He does. He looks fantastic. And then Daniel runs the uh, Robin Lively's apartment. Then he runs to Miyagi's house. Yeah. And then he runs back to Cobra Kai Dojo. And Terry Silver's there after a night of clubbing in his <laughs> gi. <laughs> no, what is going is on? He, doesn't he have an apartment? Yes, like, does <laughs> It's got to be 2.38 in the morning. He went back to the dojo and dressed out to work, to, to, to do some, some sparring, I guess. I mean, like, right. it's nuts Like that, that Daniel goes there in the dead of night and Terry Silver is in his gi. LaRusso still has his shirt with blood splattered right, on it. Like, right. This and, is, 
And it's important too to note that like the whole thing, like Mia, like Miyagi's like, well, do you want me to come with you? And he's like, yeah. no, no, listen, I got to go do this. I'm going to tell Terry Silver it's all over, but I got to do it on my own. I just got to, I got to make this right. He's like, yeah. okay. And you can tell Miyagi doesn't. It's yeah. Miyagi like, has ah, this look know. like, no, I'm coming. Exactly. You just won't know about yes. it. <laughs> yes. Um, so he's there to like, he's telling Terry Silver, look, it's, it's over. And he's like, well, listen, um, you know, I, I, you owe me a lot more than that. You know, owe me a lot more than an explanation, Daniel. And Daniel's like, yeah. you know, okay, what's that mean? And, um, he's, uh, he says, well, you know, you can't make me do something I don't, I don't want to do. Cause Terry Silver's like, you know, you're going to get in that ring. You're going to fight in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I've been g- making you do things you didn't want to do for a long time. Yeah. Uh, isn't that right? And out comes Mike Barnes from the back. Yep. And he's in a gi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, earlier when you brought this up, I said dressed out and I realized I haven't said dressed out since 1992 i mean yeah th- that's what we called it in since PE. you had that ponytail probably. Except, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in pe class if you if, when you wore your uniform you dressed out yeah you know and so right these guys dressed out at like you said 238 in the morning <laughs> um and they're just having a karate sesh you know, in the middle of the night. I guess, but the way it's presented is they were waiting here for Daniel. Yes. I mean, like on the <laughs> off chance that he'd show up this night. Yeah. And Daniel's like, um, no, screw this. Um, I'm leaving. And right. he starts to leave. And there's a big cardboard cutout of uh, John Kreese at the front of the dojo. And as Daniel's walking by it, the actual John Kreese jumps out from behind it and goes, rah, rah. <laughs> I, I forgot all about the rar but he says rar twice just like what scott just yes, did yes he said rar it's a roar it's not even like a yell no he even does like the full pantomime of the claws <laughs> with claws. his hands <laughs> maybe rawr. he picks something up in tahiti you know <laughs> Probably picked something up, some kind of disease yeah, yeah, no where at the place he was at. No doubt. You know, <laughs> you know what he was doing there. Right. <laughs> Nothing but the finest from Terry Silver. Uh, Terry Silver sent him on some sex tourism. Yes, That's what yes, happened. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so now Daniel is surrounded by these three Cobra Kai. Is Mike Barnes a Cobra Kai now? Yeah, I think he's a full-fledged Cobra. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's got to wear the colors if he's going to be an owner, of right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and he starts getting his ass kicked by Mike Barnes again, right? Yeah. Because it's Daniel and he sucks now. <laughs> He's always sucked. I know. He just, he can never get like offense in right. until the, the final fight. Right. Against his enemies. He's always just like absolute. He's just like fodder. I mean, he's, and Mike, Mark Barnes puts him in a blender right away. <laughs> yes, he does. And I mean, like nothing Daniel does. Mike Barnes says to himself, like, there's nothing you got that I can't counter. Your karate's a joke. And you're like, Mike is kind of right. Yeah. As far right. as, like, Daniel is concerned. Yeah. So he gets thrown out the front door, and then uh, Miyagi comes in, yeah. right? Well, because Crease like, Terry Silver says to Crease, you want to see more? And he goes, I want to see a lot more. Yeah. So they send Mike to get oh, Daniel and bring him back. that's right, yeah. So then the door flies open and Mike Barnes is flung into the dojo and yeah. it's Miyagi. He was like springboarded in through the door. I like, mean, like, he, <laughs> Miyagi yes. tossed this guy. Yes, exactly. Um, and I don't even know if Crease has popped out yet. He might pop out after Miyagi comes in. I have no idea. No, he, he already, he, he but, popped in like before the ass kicking. Okay, so Miyagi comes in. Yeah. And then... Crease and Silver look at each other and they say, party time. <laughs> <laughs> and then they both square off against Miyagi. 
And Crease puts his hand out in front of Silver, like, let me take this one. We're old friends. Yeah, we're old friends. And they... He probably says a couple more racial slurs to him also, which is all over this film. Okay. You know, we'll we'll, we'll break down the actual fight, but yeah, you're you're absolutely (laughs) right. In all three movies, Daniel's enemies... Okay. Yeah, they, they use a lot of bad words. They, they do. And and all of them get absolutely rinsed by Mr. Miyagi. Yep. And after their ass whipping, they've learned nothing. <laughs> no. No. They laugh at him. They use racial slurs. And I don't know if it's all just like emotional responses, but not one of them ever says, geez, Mr. Miyagi, we're awfully sorry about all this. If it's not too much trouble, maybe you could show me some of your karate. Yeah. I None think, of them. I think Bobby would have got there at one point. He was on his way. Yeah. And and the other Cobras were too, especially because they, they, they realized that yeah. like Kreese was being a especially dick. Especially at the end yes. of that movie, yeah. Um, but yeah, during this fight with Kreese, um, Fumio Demura is uh, Pat Morita's stunt double. Okay. And he's in, in, all, in all the movies. Um, and he performs this amazing move where he kicks Kreese in the face with his heel, but it's from a downward dog position in which his leg bicycles counterclockwise in like a half inverted cartwheel, it's so it freaking looks badass. Awesome, dude. I mean, it is a it is an amazing move. Yeah, and you got to look pretty close to see it's the stunt double. Yeah, like, it's a pretty good match, and I the know. editing does a good job covering it up. Right. But yeah, it's a sweet move. Right. I actually thought, did Pat Morita really do that? No, he did. Exactly. <laughs> Once you know it's the other guy, yeah. you can't unsee the other guy because like yeah. his head is kind of bigger, and yeah. they, they they've got like this. You can kind of see a wig like yes. barely hanging you, you on. You do exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you do a downward dog spiral bicycle, of course your wig is going to come off. <laughs> Me too. There's just like, like, I can't believe they found a guy who was the same size as Pat Morita and who had this kind of moves, you yeah, know, it, like it's amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. So <laughs> crease is out. Yes. And then silver steps up and starts going, Whoa. Uh, oh my God. Like uh, with his fingers in front of his face. It's, it's teasing just, him, taunting him. Come on. The racism that, yeah. like, the idea of, like, people who are into martial arts who are racist against Asian people. Isn't that dumb? I mean, what the fuck? I, I, and I, I, I'm acting like I'm, I'm surprised by this, of course, but I'm not because yeah. this is America and that's what people do. But, like, it, it, there's just, it, it's, yeah. it's a special kind of stupid. Just <laughs> once, just once, I would like to see one enemy of Daniel and Miyagi. Yeah. He just took out the guy who you said saved your ass in Vietnam. Crease couldn't lay a glove on him. Yeah. And you're going to stand here and think you're going to face off. And when Miyagi starts like, just like very easily dispatching <laughs> he sidesteps him. him and I mean, stuff. just That's, doesn't, doesn't even like, he's so defensive, man. I, love I know. It. Like at one point, like, like Terry Silver <laughs> throws this really, you know, he's got these long legs and he throws these yeah. amazing kicks. Miyagi, like, he catches the kick with such ease and just gently pushes him and he goes down in a heap. Yeah. Like, it's an awesome defensive move. It's really good. And then Miyagi, like, has him down and he's like, Miyagi gets, like, kind of in his face a little and he's like, whoa. He does the waffing. <laughs> Miyagi yeah. walls back at right, him. Right, Which is great. It, it's, it's a callback it's really to, the, cool. to the the honk of the nose that he does yes. on Crease. Yes, you know? He, like, just does the racist he's thing like, back He's like, you guys are idiots. I know. Come on. Right. Um, yeah. And then they leave. Right. And as Miyagi and Daniel are leaving, uh, silver stands up. Everyone stands up. Hey, we're going to open Cobra Kai dojos all over the Valley and only John Kreese's karate will be known. And we're going to take over the world. 
He he cuts a promo <laughs> yes. on Daniel and Miyagi. I know. I'll see you in the ring. Exactly. It, it's like Ric Flair at SummerSlam. Yeah, I was just about to say he's gonna call him out at SummerSlam. <laughs> it's like I'll see you at All Valley on the 18th. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Um. And and there's a really lame moment for Daniel again in this moment. He he just can't stay out of his own way. Um, the, the last part of Terry Silver's promo, he says, uh, like, uh, it's only going to be John Kreese's karate, and you'll only be a memory. You you won't do anything, Miyagi. And and Daniel goes, yes, he will. You won't. <laughs> it's wow, like, it's that's the weakest. It sucks. Comeback. I I just like I, I can't mean, believe they left. I want to say in. like at least he said something back, but no, you shouldn't no. have said anything, no, he Daniel. Should, he should have you said just nothing. Worse, exactly. I know you are, but what am I? I know it, it is very much schoolyard, like like <laughs> a kid who who doesn't know what to say, but everyone's looking at him, so he needs to say something. It was probably me. You know, that's what I, that was what I probably would have done. I, I've given I've given a ton of lame comebacks, <laughs> yes, but it wasn't too. on screen in a major motion picture. Yep. At least not that I know of. <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of no. Like <laughs> yes. that. It wasn't even a comeback. Oh, it was right. just like a poor defense. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I did a lot of, um. <laughs> I would kind of like mockingly say whatever they said back to oh, me. Oh, yeah. You say it back to them? Yep. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. That's it, a classic. It, it is. And it's something you can just like, you always have it in your arsenal. Now, you it's not very good. You don't have to think good. about it. No. It's it, it just almost like reflex. Yeah. But like, um, it's better than what Daniel came up with. Yes, here, it's know. very much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so now we're back at the All Valley. Well, first they do a training montage. Oh yes, of course. And of Daniel course. loves or learns all kinds of stuff, you know. And they replant the bonsai tree. Oh yes, yes they do. Which is another great moment. I love all these. They're like these reverent moments that they have. Yeah, it's it's really great. Right. Right. Um, and and now we're at the All Valley. A um, couple seconds later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This movie is almost two hours long, and I feel like it doesn't do anything, and they cram a lot in at the same time. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, they are really um, walking a tightrope yeah. here, and um, I know what you mean. It, it th- There's a lot to process here, but like somehow you come away feeling empty. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how they pulled that off, but it's it's qu- it's actually an achievement. It is, you actually, know? yeah. That's <laughs> quite an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're at the All Valley now, and they were, of course, we're at the finals because Daniel didn't have to fight, and we didn't even get to see a montage of Barnes whipping everyone else's ass. I know. Which exactly. would have helped raise the stakes a little bit. I mean, I want to see Sean Kanan do more karate. Yeah. Because he's awesome. He, he's really he's really great to watch. The, the tiny bit we get to see, he's excellent. Yes. Um, yeah, like we need to see him going through the ranks, just demolishing everyone. And I mean this this stipulation that we referenced earlier um, of of that you just brought up of Daniel in the title match. <laughs> I mean, no combat sport would ever do this. Yeah, you know, um, imagine you've spent all day advancing in a tournament to the point of winning the championship match, and then for no reason you now have to face a guy who's coming in fresh and hasn't exerted himself all day. Yeah, how is that fair? Right. Like, and and he's one of the best. Yeah. And he's the defending champ. Yeah. Right. It's like you get to Goro at the end of the tower. Like, that is... that. Why? That is useless. Uh, yeah. How am I going to beat this guy? Now that I think about it, this is kind of like the end of Castlevania. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. 
when you defeat Dracula after like you're on like your your 80th try or whatever, yeah. you finally do it, and he turns into a huge hog beast that you now have to defeat yeah. and you have no more energy. Like, oh, left. great! Phase two, exactly, wonderful. Now you have to do this whole thing all over again. Yeah. Um, and like, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, not that Daniel is as is as um, I guess formidable as those enemies in the NES yeah. world. That's Simon Belmont. Exactly. I know that. Exactly. <laughs> but he's. Technically, the defending champion, and if anyone other than Mike Barnes was was across that that ring, um, it would be a challenge. I God, the the plan here. Okay, so they they open up the 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 championship match with an announcement from this year's sponsor, yes. Mister Terry Silver, <laughs> president of Dynatox Industries. <laughs> And he's out there hamming it up again with his microphone saying, we're going to open Cobra Kai all over and share the same values we learned, honesty and compassion and fair play. <laughs> and he's staring at Daniel as he says these things. Right. And Daniel is just like on the sideline, like talking to Miyagi. You don't hear him, but you see him and he's like throwing a fit. Like, oh yeah. my God, Miyagi. Right. You don't hear it, thankfully, but you see it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the match commences and we get... Uh, a bunch of bullshit of <laughs> the plan is get a point, then lose a point. Get a point, lose a point. He wants Mike Barnes to hurt him and make it last. Right. So the way to do that is to keep scoring points, but then do moves where you'll be penalized. So they take your points away. And the other part of it, too, is that like uh, another new wrinkle in the All Valley is that like if it's if the score is tied after three minutes, you go to a sudden death in which the first point wins. Yes. Um, so once the, the sudden death happens, then he, you know, he tells Mike, you know, and then you get the point and then we're out of here. Right. This is bullshit. Yeah. What if Daniel gets the point? What if, uh, Mike accidentally wins before overtime? What if Daniel wins? I mean, this is the dumbest plan. I mean, I, I think that like, I think that they'd be okay with it if Mike at the end of regulation was up two to nothing. I think that would still be okay. Would he still get 50% stake ownership in well, Cobra Kai? I, I Probably not because Terry Silver is a cold hearted beast. He is. I'd have to review the language of the contract yeah, right. to, um, to understand, you know, like know exactly I'm what sure the conditions were. I'm sure he'd get zip. He probably would get nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it has to go exactly the way Silver wants it. But this is what happens with villains in every movie. They come up with the dumbest plan. I know. Um, and just kick his ass. Oh, my. Okay. Well, let's talk about the fight. Oh, my God. Um, because <laughs> it's not a fight. It's, there, <laughs> it's a slaughter. It is an absolute bloodbath. Daniel like, gets no offense at all. Mike Barnes is like so clearly the superior athlete and fighter. And like Daniel LaRusso can't lay a hand on him. Like not even close and and it's totally believable too because like like i i have faced uh my own mike barnes before yeah um like in i i used to wrestle and there was the there were, it was i was trying to go for the varsity spot in sophomore year mm-hmm. I, I had the jv slot locked up and there was the guy at the varsity in my weight class i was like you can always challenge them to like you know take the spot yeah so i went up against this kid this kid who i'll call chris okay. and he was essentially mike barnes Ooh. um he was really super aggressive. Now, unlike Daniel, I took it to this guy. I didn't win. Yeah. I The guy, he was better than me. Right. But, but um, you actually were able to 
hold your ground a little. Exactly. Okay. I, I took like Miyagi's advice, which was, you know, if you lose to fear, that's bad. If you lose to your opponent, that's okay. But yeah. just like, mm-hmm. and, and don't just like run and cower from somebody because that's what Daniel does here. Yeah. Like he gets kicked out of the ring like eight times and like, I don't know. And how is Mike doing all these illegal moves? Oh my God. And yes, they take a point away. They do it like five times. The all Valley has to do much better it's enforcing like, these like rules. Like Mike, one more time and you're out of here. Yes. And then he does it like eight more times. Oh my God. Yeah. When we first get to the tournament, Pat Johnson's reaction to Mike Barnes tells us that like Barnes has been spent the whole tournament hitting people <laughs> uh, like after the whistle and kicking people in the nuts. You know, he like does a move where he like grabs Daniel's arm and then he's like punching him in the chest a bunch. And then he starts kneeing him in the ribs and, and then the ref breaks it up and it's like, all right, all right, no point. Right. It's like, what, how did he not get a point a and B how is that not illegal? (laughs) So like, I don't get it. (laughs) They, they they said at the beginning of the match that like face contact is, is that that's, that's illegal. You can't do it. Um, which makes no sense because that's how Daniel defeated Johnny in the all Valley. Well, they changed all the rules from the last tournament, right? Allie told Daniel that like contact with the kidneys and the ribs. Exactly. That was good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, that still exists. And I think that like Mike was kicking him in kind of the, uh, so he's hitting the wrong organ. Exactly. Yes. He's hitting him where where it wouldn't score any points. He knows a lot about anatomy. He does. I mean, he's he's a physician, (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) Dr. Michael Barnes. (laughs) (laughs) um and so yeah eventually um there you know daniel's on the mat and he um doesn't want to get back in the ring because we're now in uh gonna be sudden death Mm -hmm. overtime mike has lost all the points that he won due to all his cheap shots yeah and um earlier we'd seen mike uh, or we'd seen daniel uh like learning this this kata routine from mr miyagi the family kata yes exactly um and Miyagi has to like talk him back into the ring. Say, you look like I, like I said earlier, you know, you, you don't want to lose to, to fear. You have to, you know, like face your opponent. He finally kind of screws up his courage when Mike Barnes in like Sean Kanan's best <laughs> moment of the movie, like gets down in a push up position and starts talking all kinds of shit right to in him. his face. Oh my God. It's great. You know, and like the ref just lets it happen. I can't, but like Pat Johnson is, is supposed it to be goes the authority on figure for like 60 seconds straight. Yeah. You're shit, LaRusso. You're Your karate suck. is shit. Miyagi sucks. Uh, he's a fucking phony. He's nothing. You're nothing. Like, <laughs> it's really good. Th- this would disqualify him for poor sportsmanship, right? Yes, you would think so. He'd be out. Especially with all the shit that the Cobras have been pulling over the years. Right. You know? Oh, my God. Like, and they, like, they wouldn't be let it back in. Yeah, like, even before OT, Snake comes out onto the mat oh in Daniel's face. Like, hey, how'd that feel, Daniel? <laughs> Dude, it's... It is very pro wrestling yeah. because like yeah. Snake is like interfering in the match. Right. He slides in under the ropes I, with a chair. Oh my God. Might as well. It, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's outrageous. <laughs> and, and actually, um, like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> what happens then <laughs> after, yes. after Daniel actually gets up yeah. and gets back on the line to face Mike Barnes, um, <laughs> it, it it's it's really something because the idea that this hyper aggressive kid who has no respect for Daniel would be this psyched out by his kata routine yeah it's laughable it's ridiculous how I mean, he reacts to this he and and you know the thing is by the time Daniel's done with his kata um he's back to like normal fighting position and he's not even moving anymore yeah I guess he's powered up 
I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it did something to him. Like it gave him some kind of boost. And, and Barnes is so turned around by this exercise that he watched that all of a sudden he forgets how to attack and Daniel's able to flip him over and then hit him in the solar plexus for a point. With just like a regular move. It's, it's horseshit. It's, it's total bullshit. The ending is so weak. I. It uh, means nothing. Uh, man. It's insulting. I guess every one of these movies has to end with some kind of special move that like yeah. Miyagi taught him before, which I, I guess that makes some sense. But like, this is not a move. I guess. Yeah. Like, cause they, they do show the kata earlier in the film. Right. right? And then silver even says something to Daniel about like, kata's not going to help you win a match. Yes. You got to learn moves, you right. know? Right. And, and so I guess that's kind of what they're going for with this. But it's bullshit. It's total crap. Mike Barnes would not be thrown off by this. He would just run up and punch him in the dick. Exactly. Exactly, dude. He would like, he'd, even if, let's say he was feeling polite. <laughs> yeah. He would wait for Daniel to finish. And then kick his ass Exactly. Again. And yeah. then just like one swift kick to the to the chest and it's over. Yeah. I mean, th- this cannot be possible. Oh my this God. This is the worst <laughs> ending. I know. This ending is God awful. He forgot how to do karate. The whole, like, uh, God, the whole tournament ending from beginning to I end know. is just, it's barely watchable. Yeah. They shit the it's bed. It's horrible. Right. Um, yeah. They shit the bed is definitely the best way to say. <laughs> so yeah, he flips them, hits them in the chest and then, yay, everyone is happy. Right. Uh, Daniel wins again and he holds up Miyagi's hand. Yeah, we did it. And then freeze frame. Well, he, so the, Miyagi tries to bow to him. And Daniel's like, hey, fuck that. And yeah. he hugs him. Hugs him and then raises his hand yes. up. Miyagi is the champion. We got a winner here. Miyagi. <laughs> yes. And Vince Vaughn is holding his hand up, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Miyagi's the winner. Miyagi wins. <laughs> Yay. She's the big winner. <laughs> Your money, and you don't Thanks even know so, it, Miyagi. That's <laughs> what I've been telling him. He's money. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> Miyagi would clean up. Oh my god! You know? yeah. And he if would, Miyagi went to Vegas. Yeah. Oh my! He'd pull Fredo's every night. He definitely would, and he would knock some sense into that <laughs> whole gang. Yes, he would. You know? <laughs> I wonder how he is with NHL '94. He's he's got to be dynamite. great. He's got to be great. Of course, right? he can master anything, so it, it's <laughs> fine. He would take the Kings to the Cup with that. Yes, thing. he would <laughs> with <laughs> offsides off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Talking about swingers for 30 seconds was more entertaining than the end of this movie. <laughs> Dude, there's no question yes, about it. Um, th- now, there is one awesome thing in the tournament that I, I, I need to talk okay. about. Um, it's probably my favorite John Kreese moment in any movie. Okay. Um, when Terry Silver introduces him during his karate speech, um, he Kreese tucks his left hand into his trousers. <laughs> and with his right hand, he waves to the crowd with his palm facing inward like Mussolini. <laughs> it's, it's like he does an Al Bundy yes. and then a Mussolini. Yes, he does. It's amazing. Like, I mean, Martin Cove really made a decision here and I appreciate yeah. it. It's so cool. It's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> that is the best part of the tournament. Yes. Um, yeah. So, oh man, I, I wish we had a coda. I know. Like we mentioned earlier. I know. All right. All right. The tournament's over. Fade out, you know, two months later. Of course. You know, the, the bonsai store is thriving. Uh, Dynatox industry is exposed. Yes, you know? exactly. We're, we're, like the indictment has come actually down. died. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he doesn't have to die. But no, like let's see something. <laughs> At least the bonsai shop, right? 
Crease has actually died. <laughs> They're burying him. <laughs> yes. They turn him into fertilizer for the trees. <laughs> I want this now because it would be a really cold-hearted, like kind of dark oh, turn be a for the dark this. twist. Yes, it would. I would. It would be apologizing for the entire movie. Exactly. Yes, because not that they <laughs> murdered him. Like it wouldn't be. No, that. he just died of uh, shame or it, something. Yeah, or maybe he like went on a bender or something like that and like yeah, drove yeah. off a cliff. Or, I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. Or like. Some of Terry Silver's toxic waste accidentally falls oh, on him. There you go. Yes. Yes. He went into the sludge. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He he sends him to maybe Terry Silver sends him to Borneo, which I know is where he's dumping it. That's he true. mentioned it earlier. That's he's true. Like, well, you just went to Tahiti. Let's go to Borneo. <sighs> this is all coming together. Pal. <laughs> yes. Wow. You taking taking notes there, screenwriter? <laughs> right. No. Man, that's awesome. Anyway, um, um, yeah, that's Karate Kid. Uh, part three uh-huh anything else dave uh yeah there is okay. one last little bit about the tournament that's ridiculous it's terry silver's adr um there, <laughs> there is a moment like they don't just replace single words it's like an entire chunk of the script has been replaced um there's a, the, one of his most famous lines is when he looks at crease and goes i love it when he pounds him uh-huh. when you watch the scene he doesn't say i love it when he pounds him <laughs> he says something else entirely he keeps talking for like six words after <laughs> him comes out of his mouth I wonder if Ralph Macchio was like, we can't have that in the movie. It probably, it's got to be it. I mean, it must have been another Ralph Macchio cut. Maybe they said something really racist. It's possible. And if and if they did that, then I'm glad that they took it out. But like, come up with something better than, I love it when he pounds Yeah, him. I doubt it was anything you know? racist because they would have left it. It was well, totally that's, fine. That's true. They, they, were, know, they were throwing totally those words around. Totally fine at this time. You I know. know. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, but that's it. Yeah. The rest of it. Karate Kid Part 3. Yep. Um, <laughs> would you recommend it, Dave? Um, no, um, it, it's, it seems unthinkable <laughs> that I would not recommend a, a, yes. a movie about the karate kid, but here we are. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't have to see karate kid three. Yeah. This, this one is skippable. Yeah. If you're interested and you, you want to watch it, go ahead, but you could totally miss this and be fine. Yep. Um, I have a box set. Okay. And there's a DVD of one DVD of part two, and there's a DVD that has part three and the next karate kid on each side. The Hillary Swank movie. Yes. Okay. Um, if my house was on fire <laughs> and I had to grab that collector set, I would take the time to remove that third disc <laughs> before leaving the house fire. This movie sucks <laughs> so bad. I'm not going to watch it anymore. Wonderful. I'm done. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that wraps it up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. Rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And you can go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yes, and we're on Facebook, Blue Sky, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. That's right. And we have a question of the week, Dave. What's the question of the week? Uh, the question of the week, what sequels have you found the most disappointing? That's a good one. Very suitable for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay tuned next week when we do 1981's Clash of the Titans, directed by Desmond Davis and starring Harry Hamlin. So until next week, I'm your dude Scott. I'm your dude Dave. And we'll see you next time.